All right, all right. How are we doing this morning, church? Y'all okay? All right. How many of y'all were there Wednesday night trudging through the mud in that big white tent? That was so fun, wasn't it? Man, so, so cool and fun. And that's what I love about you guys. That's what I love about this church is you guys are in it to win it, baby. Y'all, really, like, we, you can go a lot of places and sign up for, like, comfy Christianity. There, and, and look, bless them, there's things going on. But like, you can sign up for the comfy Christian, American Christianity a lot of places. But just let it be clear, it's gonna be clear here in, in, in the next 30 minutes, um, that that is actually not what we're doing here at Antioch Community Church, all right? So if you're cool with that, you're gonna love today's sermon. If you're like looking for the cozy, rosy American church deal, then you're probably gonna hate today. I'm sorry, um, but I need you to know kind of where I'm coming from personally uh, before we jump into this deal. Um, we, uh, my, my wife, we had a baby uh, two weeks ago, 15 days ago, okay? So I wanna introduce you to this precious little boy. His name is Brooks David, okay? So, um, so this is my fifth child, all right? Thank you, I appreciate that. Not as much applause on number five, you know, but... Um, and my fourth boy, okay, God loves me so much, y'all, I can't tell the whole story, but he's given me four boys so that I would have four different opportunities to understand the heart of a father for his son. So um, I am richly blessed. This is Brooks David. And um, it's been, yeah, 15 days ago he was born, and it's been an intense couple weeks. We are delighted, elated. He is amazing. Um, but on Thursday morning, I just need to know kind of where we're coming from. On Thursday morning, after the party in the tent on Wednesday night, um, I was taking my last day of paternity leave and hoping for a good long weekend to rest and recover with the family and woke up Thursday morning and my wife uh, had basically this bacterial skin infection just erupted uh, on, my, on my wife's body in some terribly painful places for when you have a newborn uh, child that it needs, that is literally depending upon your body for life. And um, the, my wife, if y'all know Arlena and you know our family and our history, um, we've been through some stuff with uh, surrounding our kids and my wife has endured a lot. Um, I have not seen her cry more than I've seen her cry in the last three days. Um, it has been agonizing for her. And so my heart is appropriately uh, just weak and broken for the message that, um, that the Lord has for us today. Um, we're, we're making it. God is faithful. We are not questioning his goodness, but um, it has not been easy. And judging by the number of you that raise your hand during worship, I'm not the only one in the room going through a hard stretch or needing a breakthrough um, because when we chose to follow Jesus, we chose a hard and narrow road, right? Which means we're, this, this thing is not a walk through the park. We're gonna get there in a minute. But today, I wanna talk about, we've been going through this journey in what it means to, uh, to own it, to own our pursuit of Jesus. Tyler's done such a phenomenal job in the last three weeks unpacking these components, owning our place in his mission, owning the price of progress. Today, I really wanna, I really wanna talk about this identity uh, uh, of, an, of an owner, uh, Shelly, I know you're gonna, you're gonna kill me later. Stand up real quick. Show us your cool owner shirt, okay? Look at this lovely lady, okay, okay. So, so this invitation is really into like taking on this identity 
of an owner. So today I wanna talk about what does it mean to be an owner, to, to take full ownership. So how many of you guys own your house? All right, cool, we got some homeowners. What does it require to own your house? A lot of work. Who's your maintenance man? Yeah, exactly. How many of you guys live in an apartment? Or is it student housing? Hey, you love that maintenance guy, right? Something goes wrong, you're like, oh, come on, maintenance guy. Hey, when you are a homeowner, there is no maintenance guy. Enjoy it while you got it. You are. So if you're a bad maintenance guy, like this guy right here, then your locks stay broken for months, your light bulbs stay burnt out for weeks. You know, it's like just you have to take responsibility when you're an owner. There's nobody else to pass the buck to. How many of you guys own a business? Okay, we got some business owners in there, am I right? What does it require to own a business? A lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> Amen. What else? Risk. What else? Time. Some commitment. Some patience. No sleep. Yeah. How about some sacrifice, Judd Allen? This is a man right here that's owned a business for decades, and, and he'll be the first to testify you that, that there is a lot of sweat equity and sacrifice. When you're the owner of a business, there, the buck stops with you at the end of the day. It requires a lot of sacrifice. How many of you guys own a flock of sheep? Oh, you do? Oh, it feels like it. How many kids you got? <laughs> Five kid club right there. That's right. Okay. So we actually had a girl in first service that was like, I actually own a flock of sheep. It was amazing. I was so excited and encouraged. Um, so I want you to turn to John 10, 10, all right? John 10, 10 through 13, um, because I want, I want us to see that this identity of, of ownership is a biblical identity that, is, that Jesus modeled for us and that Jesus invites us into, Amen. So check this out in John 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is Jesus speaking. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand, say hired hand, and not a shepherd who does not say it with me, own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. So what's the difference? It's actually really simple to see. What's the difference between a hired hand and someone who owns the sheep? Commit, the, the difference is when the wolf comes, just sit on the mountainside, sit on the mountainside and just watch and you'll be able to tell from a distance who owns the flock and who the hired hands are. When the wolves come, the hired hands bail. That's the difference. When, when difficulty comes, the hired hands bail. When danger comes, the hired hands bail. Bail. When suffering comes, when persecution comes, when hardship comes, the hired hands bail. Not Jesus, not the owners. See, being an owner, being an owner primarily means that you are in to lay down your life. That's primarily what the identity of an owner means. It means I am signing up to follow Jesus, come what may. 
and to lay down my life even with it when it gets hard and to not bail when danger comes. You guys with me? So the church may be the one organization on the planet where we unashamedly say, hey, this is gonna be hard. Uh, following Jesus is not a walk through the park. Oh, and by the way, it's not even about you. It's about him and it's about them. It's actually a terrible grassroots marketing campaign. I mean, Jesus, like if you were just trying to be popular, you should have, you, you need to try again. But his invitation, I mean, have you read the Bible? Like his invitation is like unashamedly like, hey, come and follow me. Everybody's gonna hate you just like they hated me. Everybody's gonna persecute you just like they persecuted me. Oh, and by the way, your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion and he's gonna breathe down your neck for your whole life. But it's worth it. I'm worth it. I am worth it. And that's where we're going today, that we, there is an, we have to be honest. We have to be honest about the hardship and the suffering that is Jesus is not trying to pull one over on us. His invitation in the Bible is not like, hey, come on, guys, it's going to be a party. Let's go. Hey, all your dreams are going to come true. It's never going to be hard. There's never going to be any suffering. And then you start following him, and he's like, hey, psych. You know, actually, here, let me, you know. Does anybody say psych anymore? Okay. Um, bring it back. I was born in 82. So it's not like he tricked us, right? I mean, he was so upfront about this. Let's go to um, Luke 14, okay? Luke 14. Verse 27. Luke 14, 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, then, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. And what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, he will send out a delegation and ask for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. I am unashamedly inviting us, you, us corporately and us individually today to surrender to Jesus, to renounce all that you have, to follow him, come what may. The invitation to surrender is a part of our family pretty regularly, but this is one of those days where we're, we're just coming outright and saying it. Renounce all that you have and follow Jesus. It's not gonna be a party all the time. It's not gonna be easy all the time, but he is worth it. And where else are you gonna go? 
because he has the words of life. Have you guys seen that story in the, uh, with the disciples and Jesus? It's so beautiful. Uh, Jesus is uh, moving and he's bringing signs and wonders and miracles and he's bringing this incredible revival to the land, but the man, the, the heat begins to be turned up against Jesus. Do you know that he was like a hunted man for his entire ministry, if you read, like you don't even have to read between the lines. It was like, then they picked up stones and tried to kill him, you know? Then they, 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 they snuck off to a corner and conspired, how can we capture this guy and murder him? Jesus was a hunted dude for most of his earthly ministry, and the, the heat began to turn up on his disciples, and people began to leave, y'all. What's the difference between a hired hand and an owner? When danger comes, Hired hands bail. So people started bailing. He would say something hard or something hard would happen, they'd start leaving. And so the disciples kind of gathered around him after one of these hard moments, and I guess they, he could just see it in their eyes or something, like, uh, and he, 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 you know, he's Jesus. He knew what they were thinking. And he, he looks at him, he goes, you guys gonna leave too? Their, their response is beautiful. They go, where are we going to go, Jesus? Where are we going to go? You have the words of life. This is hard. There's persecution. There's resistance. But where are we going to go? Have you found the words of life somewhere else? Let me know. Seriously, have you found the words of life anywhere else but Jesus? How's it worked out? I spent the first half of my life trying to find the words of life apart from God, apart from Jesus, and all it led to was my death. I said, fine, Lord, fine, here you go. You can have my life, let's go. And, man, isn't it beautiful, but there's a counting of the cost. There's a moment where we have to be honest that, that hardship is part of the invitation. We don't talk about this a lot because we're Americans, right? And we love a good old dose of hardship from time to time, right? I mean, we haven't stopped talking about the Great Depression. How long ago was that? <laughs> you know, it's like we had one really rough season. <laughs> Are you with me? We live in America, y'all. Comfort is king. Comfort is king. And if we, if we are deceived by the spirit of the age as Americans and we allow the idol of comfort a place in our heart, then we will be a hired hand. And when the difficulty comes or when the wolf comes or when the suffering comes, we will bail on Jesus because we didn't count the cost. Have you counted the cost? Are you guys encouraged yet this morning? Come on. How many of you know he's worth it, y'all? He's worth it. And I'm about, when we finish this morning, I'm about to have everybody in the room that has followed Jesus for 20 years or more stand up, and they're gonna tell you he's worth it. And then they're gonna pray for you, and you're gonna renounce everything that you have to follow him for your life, come what may. That's the invitation. So I want you to go to Philippians 3, 7 through 14 and see that this theme of counting the cost is consistent throughout the New Testament. That there's a, there is a, I want to call it a holy loss. 
Say that with me. A holy loss that we experience in Jesus that is a beautiful thing because we gain him. Philippians 3. Philippians 3. 7. Let's start in verse 7. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I want you all to read that with me. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing knowing him. It's not... The equation is very simple. It's very clear. It is, it is painfully difficult, but it is so clear. There's nothing more valuable than knowing Jesus. There is nothing worth more. And so any loss or hardship or suffering that you encounter because of following him, it is worth it because he is worth it. He is worth it. And so there's an invitation to count the cost. Look what he says here. Indeed, I count everything as loss. For his sake, I have suffered the loss. Suffered, our second favorite American word, right? Hardship and suffering. I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. Count them as rubbish in order that I may what? Gain Christ. Gain Christ. What do you need to count as lost today? To gain Jesus, everything. Ray Evans, preach it, bro. Yes, I'm in that club too, man. There is an exchange. There is a counting of counting things as lost so that we may, we may gain Christ. Let me give you some examples. So um, some things that came to my mind, I was journaling about this this weekend, um, to count as loss, a challenge-free life. How many of you guys would, man, a challenge-free life? Yes, I would love that. I feel like the Lord's like, you need to count that as loss. That is not what you signed up for. How about a conflict-free life? I mean, that would just be great. Yeah, just no conflict. That is not actually what we signed, signed up for. How about, this one's gonna be convicting, y'all. How about a cross-free life? Man, Jesus, I'm, I'm gonna follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross, man, for me. I'm gonna follow you, Jesus, but I am not gonna take up my cross. I'm sorry. I'm gonna follow you as long as it's comfy, cozy, and fun. Guys, we have to be honest. Are you encouraged yet, y'all? <laughs> Guys, we've gotta be honest about the invitation. He is worth it, but we are in a battle Okay, so we've been talking a lot about the promised land and the journey that we're on with God to like take possession of this, this promise. And, but you guys understand that the Israelites, when they conquested the promised land, we are talking about a war. They were moving in to displace entire people groups by means of battle. That conquest was costly. And we are in a battle. We are in a war. The prince of the power of the air, the kingdom of darkness, the whole deal. And right now, we are in an active battle zone with an enemy 
that is active. And if he lulls us to sleep and convinces us that he is not a part of this equation, then when the hardship comes, we will blame God. And we will lose heart because we've misinterpreted the battle that we're in. Taking land, do you think the adversary is just gonna roll over and let us take new kingdom territory without a fight? Ask Tyler and Ashley. Ask Tyler and Ashley what the last 10 years have cost. Ask Ray and Lori. Ask some of the folks that have been around from the very beginning. Ask any of the folks in the room that have followed Jesus for 10, 15, 20, 25, 40 years. Has it been costly? Has it been worth it? We have to be honest about the cost. Being an owner means you have counted the cost. You've determined him worthy, come what may. Say that with me. Come what may. Until you can say that in your bones with conviction, I don't believe you've counted the cost. The invitation is clear this morning to decide that he's worth it, come what may, and to say yes to following him. He is worth it. You know, I think about Frodo and Sam. You guys love Lord of the Rings, okay? Man, they were so pumped when they left the Shire, right? Oh, great, this is an adventure, you know? Like, let's, let's go. And then like seven seconds later, the, the dark riders and the horses are chasing them. Oh, man, never mind. Keep the advent, take me back to the Shire, you know? It's like, we're on an adventure together, y'all, and it's gonna be glorious and beautiful, and we're gonna be there together, and God is with us, all right? But it is not just gonna be this fun adventure. The thing about the hard and narrow road of following Jesus, it's so interesting, y'all. It's actually hard and narrow. <laughs> it's treacherous. You guys know that scene where the Frodo and Sam, they're, they're going up those steep steps. They're like kind of sneaking through the back of Mordor to get rid of the ring of power, to, to unseat the evil forces of the land and see a prosperous season come over Middle Earth. They're, they're sneaking up the back, that big stairway, you know, cliffs and crags, you know, and it's just like treacherous. It is hard and narrow. Man, they sure thought they were going on an adventure when they left the Shire, Right? And if we don't count the cost, then we will eject from the hard and narrow road when it gets hard. Being an owner means you've decided before you leave the Shire or at some point very soon along the way, you've decided he's worth it. Come what may. This is why it's so critical that Jesus is our treasure. And we've been talking about that a lot over the past few weeks. It's so critical that Jesus is our treasure. Because if our treasure is anything else but him, we will bail at the first sign of difficulty. How many of you, you guys remember the parable of the, the, the seed? And they're scattering seed, and there's one seed that falls in some soil, and it shoots a, it shoots a uh, thing up, what is it called? Sprout. It sprouts up real quick, but then the heat, the heat of the sun comes, and it says persecution arises, and they wither like that. Guys, it's a real spiritual reality that people receive the word of God with joy, and then the heat turns up, and they bail. 
and they bail. If Jesus is not your treasure, then we will bail when it gets hard. If Jesus is not our treasure, we will bail when the enemy pushes back. If Jesus is not our treasure, we will bail when our friendships get tested. If Jesus is not our treasure, we will bail when our marriages get stretched. If Jesus is not our treasure, we will bail when our family gets hammered with sickness, accusation, or death. The, sheep, the wolf comes, and if we are a hired hand and not an owner, we will bail. But not if he's the prize. Not if he's the treasure. Not if you truly have tasted and seen that he's worth it. Not if you've truly entered into this covenant with Jesus. Covenant with Jesus. This covenant with Jesus that says, come hell or high water, you're worth it. Come hell or high water, I'm not giving up. I will renounce all that I have and I will stand in front of the flock and I will let the wolf eat me before I'll renounce you, Jesus. Do you have that resolve in your spirit that he's worth it, come what may? We've gotta count the cost. If you can say, though, with Paul, if you can say with Paul, I count everything as lost because I just get to know him, he's truly the surpassing treasure, man, then you're an owner. You're an owner of the call of God. You're an owner of what is, he is doing on the earth and he's doing even in our community. And so I love it that Jesus, it's simple, he says, Take up your cross and follow me. I've heard that so many times. And this weekend, it was like the me just like exploded. Take up your cross and follow me. You notice it doesn't say take up your cross and follow your friends. It doesn't say take up your cross and follow your leaders doesn't say take up your cross and follow your church. It says take up your cross and follow me. Because if you're following your friends, if you're following your leaders, if you're following your church, the wolf comes, the hardship comes, you will probably scatter. But if you're following him and he's your treasure, come hell or high water, you're worth it. You're worth it. So I want to invite you, if you've been following Jesus, uh, I say this graciously, um, not attending church. We, we know those are different things, right? If you have been following Jesus for 10 years or more, I want to invite you to stand up. I am not saying that if you've been following him for less time, you haven't gone through some stuff. Some of you guys have. Some of you guys have been following Jesus for a week and you have suffered greatly, okay? So I'm not discrediting anybody's story, but all I'm saying is you can follow Jesus for a good five years and it be pretty comfy. You can follow Jesus for a good five years and not have to endure that much, 
10 years, you've probably been through some stuff. I want you to stay standing 15 years. Stay standing if you've been following Jesus for 15 years or more. Stay standing 15 years, definitely. You've been through some doozies, 15 years. You've had two or three, probably at least, major valleys. Okay, stay standing if you've been following Jesus 20 years or more. And I'm at 19, so I'm gonna sit down on this one myself, okay? Guys, look around the room at these saints. Look around the room. So, the reason why this matters is because the road is hard and narrow. If you're standing up, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna ask you some questions. You can respond freely and out loud, okay? Uh, has the road been hard and narrow? <laughs> has it been uh, more painful than you thought it would be? Is he worth it? Would you do it all over again? Would you turn back ever? If you could go back 20 plus years, some of y'all, some of y'all 30, 40, 50 plus years, would you go back? No. Would you renounce it all again? Is he worth it? Listen to, don't listen to me. Listen to these guys. He is worth it. Come hell or high water, he is worth it. He is worth it. Where else are we going to go, guys, right? <laughs> He's got the words of life. Where else are we going to go? So I want to invite everybody to stand. I want to invite the band to come up. And I've, I've been telling you the whole message, what the message today is. It's just simple. I am unashamedly inviting you to surrender to Jesus. I'm unashamedly inviting you to surrender to him, to renounce all that you have anything that would stand in front of a life of abandonment to him, to surrender it to him. If you're in the 20 plus year, if you were standing up here at the end, I wanna invite you to come be our prayer team today. Okay, I wanna invite you forward. Yeah, honor these saints because endurance is a kingdom, endurance is a kingdom crown. Say that with me. Endurance is a kingdom crown. One more time. Endurance is a kingdom crown. There are many things in life that you can get quickly. You cannot get endurance quickly, right? That's like the nature of endurance. Right? It takes a long, the only way to get it is to just walk through some junk for a long time. And so I've invited these people up here today because we're inviting you. I want to finish with Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. We're, we're inviting you to look at Jesus today. Consider Jesus. It says, Hebrews 12, verse 1, says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, amen, here in front of us in, in the spiritual unseen realm, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us and let us look to Jesus Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We are inviting you to look at Jesus and to decide that he's worth it and to surrender to following him. Come what may. And so there may be things that you need to lay down, a life of comfort, 
a, a, a conflict-free life, whatever. There may be sin, things that are holding you back from following him come what may. And we want to invite you to surrender to Jesus this morning. That could mean you just pop out in the aisle and get on your knees or turn around in your chair and get on your knees. That could mean you come and pray with one of these guys. Sometimes that step of faith where you just are able to tell somebody else, man, I've been, I've been holding on to this, but I'm ready to let it go because I know Jesus is worth it. So Jesus, Jesus, we count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing you. Come and do what only you can do. God, break us free. Break us free from whatever mindset or hang up or fear would keep us from surrendering today. We don't want to be hired hands in your kingdom that bail when things get hard. We want to be owners that say, come what may, I'm in. You're worth it, Jesus. We invite you, Spirit of God, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Begin to come forward. Whatever God's doing in your heart, just respond to him. Just respond to him. Lay aside whatever you need to lay aside this morning.